if you make the laws and you decide this to be the law, and every time you come up against, you know, violating that law, the law suddenly changes. But up until that point, you spend all that time, oh, oh, the law, the law, the law, we can't violate the law. And then as soon as, as soon as we're right about to get there, you change the law. And if you make the laws, then this really seems to me like more, less like a law, but from their point of view, less like a law and more like a New Year's resolution. I mean, it's essentially a New Year's resolution, <laughs> right? <laughs> So at the beginning of the year, I am going to keep the debt below the debt ceiling and I, I'm going to exercise every single day. And, you know, oh, I have to exercise. No, I have to exercise. It's important. It's critical. And then I'm so tired. Forget exercising. It's a New Year's resolution. That's all it is. Welcome to Activist NMT, a podcast about nonviolent MMT direct activism, introducing modern monetary theory to the world and conversations about learning MMT together. I'm your host, Jeff Epstein. Contact me directly on Twitter or by emailing me at activistmmt at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a monthly patron. Patrons get exclusive, super early access to nearly every episode, and they also get the opportunity to ask my academic guests questions. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash activistmmt. Thank you to all my patrons for your continued faith and support, and thank you for becoming one if you can, and for sharing this around if you can't. Finally, I'm also developing a large collection of Learn MMT resources, which you can find at activistmmt.org. Thanks. Greetings, citizens of Gotham. My name is Graham Elwood, and you are watching The Political Vigilante. Got a haircut. Got a haircut. Went real tight. Went real, real Marine Corps today. We're going real drill sergeant -y. My goal is to be like um, R. Lee Emery from Full Metal Jacket. What is your major malfunction? Holy Jesus. When he finds the... Uh, 
the donut. <laughs> Holy Jesus. <laughs> um, choke yourself. Um, we should all aspire to be Arlie Emery in Full Metal Jacket. Come on, guys. Marine Corps drill sergeant during Vietnam. Uh, what is up, everybody? Good to see you on the CIA tube, Facebook, or a whistleblower book. Uh, that's been fun to watch. And, of course, everybody over at rockfin.com. Uh, like, share, subscribe. And uh, boom, shakalaka. Um, we are uh, in our eighth or ninth month of being demonetized. <laughs> Google. Um, so sign up for rockfin.com slash Graham Elwood, patreon.com slash Graham Elwood. Of course, we are on... Um, Venmo, uh, which should be in the scroll beneath us. There it is. Um, at Graham-Elwood. Uh, we're going to talk with Jeff um, about the debt ceiling and all that stuff. And we haven't had him on the show in a while. Be good to catch up and see what's what's going on in the activist MMT world. And then uh, I will I will go through the um, the chats, the, the tips at the very end of the show. Uh, real quick. Um, I'm done talking about the vaccine. Uh, I'm not a doctor or scientist and neither are you. So if you're coming here for that information, you're at the wrong place. I suggest you shouldn't get that information from any comedian on YouTube. <laughs> uh, but I'm done talking about it. So if you keep bringing that up, we're just going to block you and I'm not talking about it. That's that. So um, if that is a problem, feel free to go somewhere else. Because I'm fucking done, bitches. I am done. Going to be some big announcements coming up in the next week. I'm glad you're here for the vegan guns, everybody. Let us. Yeah, the California oil spill is pretty awful, but let us bring on the show. Returning guest, haven't had him on in a while, host of the uh, Historically Podcast, Citizens Media TV, and of course, the uh, Activist MMT Podcast. Welcome back to the show, not the one that hung himself with a paper T-shirt, Jeff Epstein. Oh, man, I miss hearing that. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> and last time I was on, we were, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and your hair was opposite. I remember you saying, <laughs> I was making fun of your hair, but I don't know. How are you? I'm good, my friend. How you been? I'm okay. I'm okay. It's A lot has changed since we last spoke. Yeah, yes, it has. Yes. Yes. It has um, uh, a lot. A lot has changed. Um, so I wanted, but but we're gonna. I wanted to bring you on. The, you you reached out to me, said Graham, I'd love to talk to you about the debt ceiling. Obviously, this is a big thing in the news. Um, the two fantastic parties, the Republicans or Democrats, are just no. doing their best to service the American people in the best way that they know how. Uh, is that sarcasm? <laughs> are you? I might. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, um, so we've got to watch this, you know, this whatever you want to call it, ridiculous uh, theatrics that happen within the Congress and the Senate. Uh, but it's kayfabe. It's kayfabe. It's you know what that is? <laughs> no, what is that? That's like that's a, a, a wrestling. Oh, um, um, it's it's just a perpetual fake show that pretends that it's real. Yep. Yep. And and always pretending that and it's deliberately getting everybody dragged down into the 
specifics of whatever dilemma of the day is, right? It's always like, well, if we just get this, then we can get that. And they're blocking this. And we're, you know, it's always rather than mm -hmm. getting people to pull back and go, the whole system's corrupt. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and also we, you came on this show, I think for the first time, maybe three years ago to discuss, to, to open my eyes to MMT, um, which has been great. There's a whole MMT playlist on YouTube, folks, if you want to check that out. I just and got another email from someone that said that they watched that first show. I, it's really cool. I appreciate that. Now, some people have said, you know, in this last year and a half of, of two different presidencies, Trump and Biden, printing a lot of money for the pandemic. Some people go, well, see, this is the problem with MMT. They just want to print money. And it's like, well, that's not what MMT was ever saying, that we should just print, print, print. Mm -hmm. What MMT has been saying, to, to sum up, uh, is that all of these excuses that are made about how are we going to afford Medicare for all? How can we afford, you know, free college or whatever? Th th this is the thing I hope people have been waking up to the last year and a half. And I've said this numerous times on my show, every time some new stimulus bill passes, when people go, how are we going to pay for Medicare for all? Oh, the same way we just paid for this $9 trillion in bailouts or whatever. We could just do that, you know? Um, and the never ending war cycle, of course, Biden is, you know, picking up right where Trump left off. Uh, he's bombed Syria twice, Somalia. He said, I'm putting, pulling us out of Afghanistan. The way he's done it has been a complete cluster, of course. Uh, and that, that, you know, watching four presidents from two political parties spend $3.5 trillion over 20 years to let the Taliban be removed and replaced with the Taliban that now has more American weapons. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't show you how ridiculous everything is. Yeah. But, uh, and it just shows you how they can just print and do whatever they want. And if they wanted to print money for good things, they could. <laughs> you actually said it really well. It's, it's, uh, MMT is not about, you know, there's no consequences. Let's just, let's just create as much money, you know, and do whatever we want to do. Let's just have luxury and whatever. It is about just, it is about exposing those who try and say we can't do what's desperately needed because of the debt, because of the deficit, because of the debt ceiling. It's about, it's like, you know, the supercar can go fast. There's a supercar and this guy's driving this supercar that just came off the lot, but he says it only can go 25 miles an hour. MMT says, I'm pretty sure that it can go faster. <laughs> and so, so someone will come back and say, oh, well, we might as well floor it and uh, crash into the wall because, you know, obviously MMT says, no, it just says going too slow is dangerous. Going too fast right. is dangerous. Just go the speed limit. That's it. Right. Recognize yeah. your capabilities, recognize your limitations, and don't violate any of that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, good luck with our current banking system. But I wanted to bring you on specifically, uh, and I'm glad, I'm really glad you reached out to me to discuss what, to explain to everybody what's going on, what this debt ceiling means, what the way they talk about the, oh, the deficit and, um, oh, the, then there's always this like, oh, the government's going to shut down. We just, whoosh, oh, we just avoided another crazy shutdown. But of course we've moved the date to whatever it is now, December 13th, before we have another one of these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just always around wrestling. the corner. It's always around the corner for our entire yeah. life. It's always around the corner. Yeah. But, yeah, let's get into it. Just go into the basics for everybody, like, like, um, and then and then go into, you know, I think you wanted to describe just the basics of like personal debt versus public debt. Yeah, uh, I'd like to very briefly, if it's okay, I'd like to very briefly give a background 
for the rest of this discussion. And just to simply, most people and politicians, elected officials, pretend that, you know, we are, we, the United States government, national government, is borrowing so much money, we owe that money back, and how can we ever pay that back? And what they're doing is they're taking our personal experience and conflating that in, inappropriately with the national context. So they're pretending, not pretending, they're inaccurately, they're misled, they're being deceived that personal debt is the same thing as national debt. So personal debt, you borrow from a bank, they give you that money and you are instantaneously in debt for that loan. Instantaneously in debt, scary debt. You don't pay it back, they will mess your life up. So there's two, and you're in debt until you totally pay that back. You're mm -hmm. in, and you're not out of debt until it's in completely paid back. And so to, to, to clarify too, for the, for their audiences, and this is why they, I mean, I think because this is everybody or most people's personal experience with that is, oh, I have a car loan. I have a line of credit. I have a credit card. And mm -hmm. if I miss a payment, there's late fees and the interest rate goes up or you get zero. They'll come in and they'll come in and take, get my, take my car or, yep. you know, yeah. Eviction, so, foreclosure, yeah, exactly. all that stuff. Exactly. So there's two really important, the two core qualities of a personal loan, of a personal debt. Number one, the, there is an, a higher authority. So me and the bank, I'm the borrower, bank lends me money. There is a higher authority, the government. And number two, the loan, the, the lender, the bank and the borrower, there is an, a massive power imbalance. The bank is way more powerful than me. I have no chance. If I don't pay back my loans, they will make my life miserable. They have the tools of the state at their disposal. Okay. So. And the only uh, recourse an individual has is like filing for bankruptcy where you get the debt wiped out, but then that's on your credit report for whatever, seven, seven years. Seven years. And yeah, no. So, so yes. So personal debt has those two critical qualities, higher authority. And the borrower and the lender, way different, massive power imbalance, okay? Now, national context. China, so oh no, uh, the United States so-called borrows from the United States. Its own money that only it can create, it borrows from China. The United States borrows from China. So, so people fear, oh, well, the United States is going to go bankrupt. China might want their stuff. They're going to come, what? They're going to come, they're going to come repossess uh, the UN or something. So the, the relationship, those two qualities higher authority, China, US, there is no higher authority. There's no, you know, there's no global government. And number two, the power imbalance between the lender and the borrower, the United States and China are essentially the same power. So if someone says China's gonna come and take our stuff because we are not paying back, they're gonna be met with the US military. What, ch what chance would they have? That makes no sense. This makes no sense. So the idea that national debt is in any way comparable to personal debt is just wrong. It's not just a little bit different. It is opposite world different. So I think that that provides us a good background. And it also should be noted too that that some of the, the number one holder of America's debt is the Federal Reserve. <laughs> right. Like, so, I, so I I borrow from my right pocket and I put it in my left pocket. Am I in debt? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does your right pocket have leverage over your left pocket? I mean, right. And it's like I, I borrowed from my wife and I have to, I pay her back, but we have the same bank account. 
So, I mean, <laughs> okay. So that's a good context for people to understand that. First of all, it's not the same debt. It's not like a person that's behind on their car payment and their car is going to get repossessed or they're going to have to file for bankruptcy and have a bad credit report and they can't we go don't create money. So walk us through now the specifics of what is going on with this, this, this debt ceiling, you know, uh, drama that gets played out every year. <laughs> okay. So the debt ceiling actually started off, wasn't called the debt ceiling at the time. The debt ceiling actually started off in the early 1900s and it was a good thing. It's like, kind of like, uh, you know, you get prescribed medicine and you really need it and it's a good thing, but then you don't get off of it when you're supposed to get off of it. And it turns into, you like become addicted. It turns into something bad. So in the 19, early 1900s, the Congress had to, approved the spending of hundreds of agencies and it was unwieldy. It just, it was, didn't make sense for, for them. So to improve that process, they delegated that approval process to the treasury. So that was the beginning of what be has become the debt ceiling. That's no longer the case. Now it has, especially since the 1980s has transformed into a scaremongering tool basically. So it's based on the idea that there has to be a ceiling on the national debt as if the national debt is the same kind of debt as personal debt. So uh, that's a little bit of history. Um, it, it is a law. It's the law that the national debt, the total number of bonds that anybody holds, cannot exceed X whatever number they make up. It's the law. It's the law because they make the law. And they choose this to be a law. They choose what is law. They choose what is not law. For whatever reason, they choose this to be law. There is no financial economic reason for this to exist. There is a political reason. It is a very easy way for them to say, oh, the debt ceiling. It's a law. These lawmakers who make the laws and can destroy the laws, they choose this to be a law, but then they turn around and they point to it and they say, oh, debt ceiling. We can't violate that, but they just made it up. So, um, I forgot a point, but I'll, I'll leave it there for now. Well, that, um, again, it's so like the way our government is structured is so, I, the reason I laugh is it's so hilarious because it's literally just all this. It's just one, mm -hmm. like America is just one giant capitalist Ponzi scheme. <laughs> it's just basically just, they set up all these laws and rules and bunny. I mean, like even the federal reserve is basically just an illegal banking cartel. It's not, it's, it has, you know, it's not even, it's not regulated by the American people or anything like that. And they get to, well, it, it, I would say it is regulated, but Congress doesn't do, doesn't use any of those powers to right. regulate. Okay. So they are essentially not regulated, but that's because Congress allows it, you know, turns the other way while they do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's now the, so when we just see on the news, oh, we got the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling, and it's this looming, it's this looming meteor that's coming to smash us. And if we don't get it fixed, we don't agree on this. If Congress can't, oh, the debt ceiling, um, how, how is that, like, what is the actual reasoning behind this constant KFAB, as you call, as you call it, the, K -fab. K -fab, yeah, the, the, in the wrestling world? Um, okay. Uh, if you make the laws and you decide this to be the law and every time you come up against, you know, violating that law, the law suddenly changes. 
But up until that point, you spend all that time, oh, oh, the law, the law, the law, we can't violate the law. And then as soon as, as soon as we're right about to get there, you change the law. And if you make the laws, then this really seems to me like more, less like a law, from their point of view, less like a law and more like a New Year's resolution. I mean, it's essentially a New Year's resolution, <laughs> right? <laughs> so at the beginning of the year, I am going to keep the debt below the debt ceiling and I, I'm going to exercise every single day. And, you know, oh, I have to exercise. No, I have to exercise. It's important. It's critical. And then I'm so tired. Forget exercising. It's a New Year's resolution. That's all it is. To the people who make the law, the law is self-imposed. To us, we have obviously have no choice. To the people who make the law, whatever law there is, is a self-imposed law. So um, the reason that it's there is a political reason. So from, from a financial point of view, it's pointless. From a legal point of view, it, they choose to make it important because they make the laws and they choose the penalties for those laws. From a political point of view, it is to, in my opinion, my opinion this is not MMT. This is my conclusion after learning it. It is just another excuse um, along with inflation, along inflation, the boogeyman, not real inflation, the scaremongering inflation, the debt, the deficit, the debt ceiling. All they are are tools to deprive the poor, but to pretend you don't want to deprive the poor. That is the political reason for this. And unfortunately, most have been deceived into believing these myths as being natural scientific laws that we can do nothing about. When those who are in power use these as shields to hide the truth, which is, of course, we can provide for the poor. We just don't want to. MMT shows that we can provide what is desperately needed for the poor. Again, we drive the speed limit. Don't go above it. Just recognize that you have the ability to go faster. And in the context of the government, we have the ability to provide for the poor. Yeah. And well, providing for the poor, there's no profit in it. I mean, that's like, that's the main reason probably why they don't want it is there's no profit in it. Not building private prisons and jailing the poor. There's money in that, you know? <laughs> well, of course it's, it's profit for who it's freedom for who it's democracy for who it's, it's a community for who it's, it, that's everything you give to the poor. Anything you give to the poor makes them more powerful. Anything. Education, educate, giving people education is not just about making people smarter. It's about power. Giving people health care is not just about making people healthier. It's about power. You make people more powerful by giving them these things, and which means that the rich who haven't gotten anything, now that gap between the rich and poor is now less so relatively speaking, the rich are now less rich. They're less and, powerful. And a, and a healthy, educated populace is harder to control and to scare. I mean, look at how divided our country is. You can scare they people. They make you and sick and they, they make you sick so they can sell you the cure. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like eat all this crappy food and we're not going to give people healthy food. We're not going to educate people on healthy food. Uh, we're not going to educate people on, on, you know, we've talked about this before. Like there's a reason why... The, the working class is not taught money management and money cre and wealth creation and asset. The government protection. will not teach you how to stand up against the government. No, they won't. And you go to other countries, especially, and not that Europe is some utopia, but Europe is older. This is the thing we don't understand as mm, Americans. Yeah. European countries have had 
two, three civil wars and revolutions. They've had, uh, they've had several, I mean, they've had a hundred, 500 years of, a, of different monarchies. They've had a totalitarian government and now they have mm -hmm. a representative and <laughs> they have parliamentarian, mm -hmm. they have a socialist government mm -hmm. and they've gone through all that. They've had war. I mean, quite literally world war two, they had war, awful wars on their soil and they've had them for centuries. This is why the Europeans are a little like we're done with the war mm -hmm. and everyone goes, yeah, but the, the tax rate is so high. Well, yeah, because they get a lot for their taxes. There's no old people in Europe working in Walmart because they need they don't have a pension. That doesn't exist. Yeah, I don't um, even know. I mean, do what I, I would like to see the information of taxes being high because taxes don't pay for stuff at the federal level. I mean, there may be a reason for it, but I want to see I want to see that that information. But who who cares if are they happy? Yeah, they're healthy. Are those people life is right? So so yeah, their taxes are high. Do what's their salary? How much do things cost? Taxes are you know you can't focus on just one side of the transaction. You have to focus on the entire picture. Are those people happy? Are they happy that they have that? So you know, is taxes the most important part? Is the is that the only part of the picture? Um, yeah, I mean, basically, it's just we are made desperate, and then we're punished for acting desperately. People don't know. People don't have time to look into better food options. People don't have time to. You know, I mean, they're just spinning their wheels and then they make bad decisions and then we blame them for making bad decisions. There's, yeah. you know, yeah. And they're given, they're, and part of it is they don't have the options or the choices or, you know, again, they're on a, you're on a, they're on a really strict budget and it's like, you only got, you know, a hundred dollars for groceries as well. A hundred dollars of organic food is only going to give you whatever, let's just say two bags of groceries. Not yeah. much. Yeah. Not much. We're a hundred dollars of, of non you know, less healthy food will give you four bags of groceries. Well, you got to, sure. you're married with a couple of kids. I, it's, it's a no brainer, which one you have to pick. I mean, of and no choice. that's the choice you have to do. Uh, so how, how does this now, Jeff? Um, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Jeff Epstein of the activist MMT podcast. We've had him on the show before. We're talking about the debt ceiling. Um, how, how, like, the thing I'm I'm worried about, and I'm I'm sure you are too, is like all this money printing that we've done the last year and a half with COVID. Um, we're starting to see some inflation start to happen. The cost of goods and services are just going. Uh, just even in the grocery store, you're noticing it. Gas prices have gone up, and how do you see this? Because I I watch a lot of various financial shows. Um, some some of them, you know, uh, are from crypto people. But there is a lot of talk of like all this inflation is going to all this money printing and not for necessarily good things, just like and while we needed it's let me let me clarify that we obviously needed some stimulus money when you shut down the economy because of the pandemic and people aren't working. You had to give people you had to give people some money and stuff like um, but there was all this money got printed and a lot of it, of course, went to Wall Street. Um, the new jobs outlook okay, unemployment's lower, but there's people, there's jobs that aren't being filled because people are like, I don't want to go back to work for crappy wages. Right, um, crappy wages, right. So so how do we, how do you see like all of this money printing? I, I don't want to get too much into crystal ball stuff, but like how do you, as somebody that follows this quite closely, how do you see where we're headed with all of this money printing and then, Increasing the debt ceiling, which, like you say, is just sort of a charade that they play like, oh, you know, like a, a 
I love a New Year's resolution analogy. That's fantastic. Um, (laughs) How how do you see all this playing out? Uh, Printing money really has nothing to do with inflation. Creating money. Creating money really has nothing to do with inflation. Because, again, that's only one part of the picture. The government creates and destroys money every second of every day. Banks create and destroy money every second of every day. What is that money being spent on? If it's if you spend even a small amount of money on something that's inflationary, that's bad. If you spend a gigantic amount of money on something that's non-inflationary, that's good. It's not inflationary. We could spend money on giving everybody education because we have the resources to give everybody education. So mm-hmm. if those resources exist, if we have something that we need to do, and we know that we have things that we need to do, currently education, healthcare, soon enough, you know, mitigating the climate crisis. If we have things that need to be done and we have the things sitting around and ready to do them, including unemployed people, then by definition, we can do it. Creating money, even if it's however much, it doesn't matter. If there are resources to be purchased, then we can purchase them safely. So, so the creation of money the idea that the creation of money causes inflation inherently is wrong. It assumes that the world is the world stops. The world stops moving because the creation of money is like you're filling the sink, but the sink can be drained. The the people wash their hands. You, things happen in addition to just that. It is overly simplistic to say that creating money causes inflation. Or do we have problems? Sure, we have problems. Yeah, I mean we have. Lots of problems, but a lot, all those problems are wages are too low. People don't have jobs because, oh, well, I want to stay home with my unemployment benefits. And Okay. So the problem is, is that wages are so low that they're less than federal benefits for the desperate. That's the problem. The problem is we don't have good jobs that pay decent wages and we allow people to, we allow companies to pay starvation wages. And then they turn around, oh, we can't hire people. Of course you can't hire people. There's a McDonald's sign uh, just a couple miles from my house that says, uh, sign on bonus. We'll give you $200 if you stay 60 days. We'll give you you $100 if you stay 60 days. We'll give you another $200 if you stay 90 days. And you can make up to $13 an hour. Screw your bonus. Pay me more. Right. I mean, that's what this is. So, So that's an example of the problems in society as opposed to the government does stuff and that's problematic. I mean, that's essentially what creating money causes inflation means. The government did something, so that's bad. That's essentially what it implies. And I'm obviously not, you're not saying that, but that's essentially what it implies. It matters what that spending is on, who that spending is for, what the spending is not being done for, who that spending is not being done for. There's just too many factors involved. Things need to be done. And as long if we we need we want to make a pie, we have the ingredients and the cook and the equipment to make a pie, we can make a pie. We can make another pie. We have plenty of pie ingredients. This is not a problem. So I mean that that's kind of a roundabout way of addressing what you were saying. Um, and actually, it, if we can make sure that we have some time to talk about Mitcoin before I go. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about that. No, but you, know, you bring up a good point. Had, had the stimulus money been used for, you know, green jobs and putting people to work, making, you know, good union wages or forcing companies like Amazon and Walmart to pay 
a minimum of 15 an hour, but they should really be paying more like union wages of 20 to 25 an hour with full benefits, which they could afford to do. These big sure. companies made, yeah, they, yeah, made yeah. they made out like bandits during this pandemic. Of course. Um, not just in terms of profiting, because there was a lot of sectors that actually, you know, online sales and, and that stuff went up for these companies um, because they couldn't go to in-person stores, not to mention, um, uh, you know, other thing like travel and stuff got shut down. Um, sure. They made a lot of money. And also it, it probably should be to put up in here. Part of the problem we're also seeing, and I don't, this has to, this has to figure into inflation somewhere. I would imagine I, that this isn't my area of expertise, but we're seeing supply chain problems. I mean, just outside of the port yeah. of LA and long beach, we've got real, real problems. Right. Real problems are our problems. Not the fact that we're doing stuff. Because when the government does stuff, by definition, money is the instructions of, of you know, telling who to do what and paying people for doing it. So saying that creating money causes inflation is essentially saying, oh, well, then we really need to create less money, which by definition means the government needs to do less stuff. And that's not what we need. The poor need our government. The poor need the government. That's all they got is our government. Yes, there is a difference between, a crucial difference between our leaders currently are horrible. <laughs> They're horrible. That doesn't mean that the institution, the idea of government is horrible. If someone has a hammer and all they do is hit you on the head with it, you don't outlaw hammers. You give the hammer to someone that is more competent and caring and you start building stuff. It may be unlikely, it may be impossible, but the only chance that we have is to take over our government and start using it for better stuff. That is the only option that we have. Is it likely? Maybe not. Is it impossible? Maybe. I don't know. But it's the only chance we have because the government is the only entity that is stronger than the billionaires. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible. Likely, no, because I don't think Americans Americans are too busy fighting with each other than to realize they're in class warfare. That's what's going sure. on. They, they privilege. They're, they're, they're holding on to their privilege. I have my house. Yeah. I have my health care. I have mm -hmm. my, oh, I love my politician who keeps saying that he wants health care for the poor, but I don't push him on it because if I push him on it, then I might lose my privilege yep. and they might tax me. And if there's a million people desperate underneath me that I have to be taxed in order to pay for them, which is wrong. But that's what they fear. They're holding yeah. on to their privilege. Yeah, they're definitely holding on to their privilege. And also, yeah, like you say, like in the first CARES Act, um, you know, a year ago, a little over a year ago, you know, there was trillions of dollars that were given to Wall Street and had that money, as you say, been given directly to the people and UBI, student debt forgiveness, um, rent you know, just money flat out for rent. We wouldn't have this looming eviction crisis, this looming foreclosure crisis. We wouldn't have these things. And maybe we wouldn't be then having the inflation as you talk about, because everybody would be made whole. Um, yeah. A final point on about inflation, if I, if I may, I'm sorry, if you want to sure, sure. what you're saying. Okay. Inflation means, inflation is a very specific thing. Most people think that it's a, this boogeyman. Inflation means the continuous rise in the price level. Continuous. A rise in prices one time is not inflation. A rise in prices in one sector of the economy is not inflation. The price of bread going up is not inflation, even if it continues. The price of everything, roughly speaking, everything going up and continuing to go up. So there's there's just a million things going on, um, and a lot. But most of our problem are real problems. 
that you had mentioned before of supply chain issues and so on. If we address those real problems, then these you know, inflation concerns will just be much less provide for people and mm. problems will inflation will be much less. Excellent conversation on the debt ceiling and inflation with uh, Jeff Epstein of Activist MMT Podcast. Please check that out. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Graham Ode. You are watching The Political Vigilante. I am joined by the host of the Activist MMT Podcast, uh, Jeff Epstein. Jeff, always great to have you back on the show. We were just talking about the debt ceiling and inflation, but you uh, wanted to come on the show to talk about this issue that's going on with Mint the Coin. And... First of all, explain to us what this is and what it's being, how it's being used and or manipulated. Sure. Okay. So I've always known about the debt ceiling and mint the coin, not too much, but some. And then I spoke to someone on Saturday and I crammed for speaking with him, podcast by George. Uh, Ron introduced me to him. I'm on, uh, speaking of which, I have MMT Mondays every month with Ron Placone. Next one is this Monday. Come and join nice. us. We're talking about the debt ceiling. Okay. Um, so I crammed for this interview on, on Saturday. And I went. I, I looked more into the debt ceiling and more into Mint the Coin. I am now completely blown away by Mint the Coin. And Mint the Coin and the debt ceiling cannot be separated. They just can't. You, Mint the Coin is so important, first, for the debt ceiling, and second, for way bigger than that. So mint the coin is a law. And I have a post, which if you consider maybe putting the link into these videos uh, to, the, to those two posts, there is a link to the law. A federal law was passed during the Clinton administration that says the mint can create a commemorative coin. The purpose of the law was to create a commemorative coin, just a tchotchke. And, some, and Carlos Mucha, a lawyer, discovered that this coin could be used to completely get around the debt ceiling. So again, national debt is completely different than personal debt. In the other video, we talked about that. National debt, some government created money is also accompanied by debt. Notice I didn't say is debt. It's accompanied by debt. Bank mm -hmm. money is debt. A bank loan is debt. It's inseparable characteristic. In the national context, some money is accompanied by debt, bond sales. So when the government creates money, we spoke about this uh, last year, how the treasury, you know, all the, the rigmarole of how spending actually occurs. Uh, so when government creates money, sometimes it is, a pro is accompanied by the creation of debt, bond sales. Sometimes it's not. A coin, when you create a platinum coin, any coin, penny, it is not accompanied by bond sales of the same amount. So the coin, the platinum coin, can be created and not increase the national debt, which is good from the point of view of taking away the excuse of debt scaremongers, of we can't do the spending because of the debt. We can't balloon the debt. We can't violate the debt ceiling. We found a way that is legal and available right now that the president can do by merely deciding to do it. All he has to do is appoint a treasury secretary that, that commits to doing it. They can create a coin that is not accompanied by debt for a trillion, whatever. And that money can be used for what the government, all, what Congress already decided to spend. The president can't go on some shopping spree. 
But what he can do is pay for what Congress already appropriated. So if Congress says he spends $5 trillion, then the debt ceiling is $3 trillion. Then they can only do up to that $3 trillion. They have to sacrifice. They have to not do what they already committed to doing, whatever laws you know, equal to $2 trillion. It's because it violates the debt ceiling, which is their New Year's resolution. So the, the coin can be created for $2 trillion, and now they can do all of it, and it doesn't cause the debt to go up. It doesn't violate the debt ceiling. So it can it means that what Congress already decided to do can be done. So it can get it can end the debt ceiling current debt ceiling crisis. But here's the thing. If you make a platinum coin, the law says in the text of the law and a link to the law is in my post. And it's actually also very short, two sentences. If you create a coin that's 10 trillion, that money it's only usable for what Congress appropriates, only usable for that purpose. So it's not given to Americans. For, it can only be used for what Congress decided could be done. If they create $10 trillion, that money stays in the Federal Reserve and the Treasury until Congress appropriates more. And so the next debt ceiling crisis say, oh, we can't debt violate the debt ceiling crisis. Ah, we have $6 trillion still sitting in the Treasury. We can use that. It doesn't accumulate debt. We can spend it right now. So everyone who says up until that point, we can't do X for poor people because we'll violate the debt ceiling, because it will uh, balloon the debt. No, it won't because we have $6 trillion sitting in the bank for the coin that we made last year. If they make it $100 trillion or a quadrillion and there is no limit, there's no limit in the law. It's up to the discretion of the Treasury Secretary who is appointed by the president. They make it $100 trillion or a quadrillion. According to Joe Firestone, who is the author of actually helped me last year uh, ramp up for our talk last year, he's the author of the only book on the mint, the coin, and the debt ceiling, the only full-length book. According to Joe Firestone, if we create a coin for a quadrillion or a hundred trillion, it will be a revolution because it will permanently end debt scaremongering. Permanently. And a president can do it by merely deciding to do it. So hypothetically, if we had a MMT-friendly president on the first day in office, he can appoint a treasury secretary that creates a septillion, octillion platinum coin, and then never again will Joe Manchin or Cinema or whatever her name is could ever again say, we can't, we have to reduce spending because it will inflate the debt. That's done. That's done. And so what it does, what it, for me personally, as someone learning this stuff, it illuminates the true nature of government spending and the true difference between national debt and personal debt. Personal debt is an inherent characteristic of a bank loan. National debt is a choice. They choose to have debt because some money is, creates, is accompanied by debt and some money is not. It, so that means that they choose some to be accompanied by debt, some to not. So why do they choose that? Uh, yeah, well, the thing is, is like if this, if this were to happen, then the, the two ridiculously corrupt parties wouldn't have this stupid political football to kick back and forth about this dumb made up debt ceiling. <laughs> Biden doesn't do it. 
Biden's not doing it. And, and, and arguably, it's really his constitutional duty to fulfill the wishes of Congress by the laws that have been passed already. So it's, 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 he's deliberately not, he is deliberately not taking the only legal option that he has at his disposal, which he could do at a, at a moment's notice. And what are they choosing instead? To threaten default, to threaten a government shutdown, which would cause real world suffering for millions of people. Mm. real world suffering the government shuts down government employees millions of government employees don't make their salary and millions more don't get the services that they would get from those employees so instead of doing a law of implementing a law that he could do by just deciding to do it and eliminating all this entire problem they are risking they are playing with millions of lives yeah, not to mention, I mean, that that is a complete house of cards if they didn't do that. It's not just, I mean, veterans benefits, it's all, and all these employees then couldn't pay their bills and they wouldn't be spending that money in the economy and all this awful stuff would happen. So just the justice system. Right. But I mean, millions of things, the government does things for us, not to mention that they lavish, they lavish, you know, the lavish, the, the petroleum, the industry, the billionaires. I mean, they don't want this to happen either mm-hmm. obviously they don't want this to happen because they won't get you know the free market oh yeah free market where the where the fossil fuel industry gets 11 million dollars a minute i think yeah no i think i think they want the debt ceiling to not be violated either well this is fantastic i mean this is i mean this is like kind of i um, another eye-opening uh, conversation to have <laughs> with this mint the coin i wasn't aware <laughs> of this I, mean. I i had no idea i had no idea. i mean i knew it was it was very interesting but i had no idea I knew, you know, oh, it can end the debt ceiling. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, it could end austerity politics forever. Boom, I just, I couldn't, I, I just discovered this on Thursday. I just, like, I can't believe it. So, so in my, in my, uh, uh, my post, which I think is a good summary, it links to Joe's book on the topic and it links to a legal, um, uh, a legal analysis, a 70 page legal analysis by Rowan Gray. Excellent sources if you really want to learn more about this stuff. Uh, tell us the, the author and the name of the book again. Um, well, okay. So my post, which thank you for putting a link in, in the show notes, my post. And in my post, there is a link to a full length book by Joe Firestone that is on the deficit and mint the coin. And he goes really deep. It's a full length book. And then there's also a, tw- a, a 2020 legal analysis, a paper by Rowan Gray. It's, it's not hard to read. Um, which is basically is very complementary to the book. Um, they both just go into why mint the coin is everything that I say it is, and also all of the all of the arguments against it. They go into every single one and show exactly why that's not the case. And the guy who wrote the uh, law, the former mint secretary, whatever you call it, the mint director, who wrote the law in 1996, I think it was is is documented on, on a, a website that's linked in my post is documented to say oh yeah this is totally i i didn't realize that this is what it could be used for but this could absolutely be used for this purpose wow because i there's another book that somebody uh just mentioned i i've been sent a copy i haven't read it yet but the, the deficit myth by dr stephanie kelton oh of course oh yeah it doesn't relate to mint the coin but but that's that's per- really important background for all of this stuff mm. Um, if you want the specific title of the book, it's uh, just fine in just a moment. 
Yeah, here it is. Um, it is called Fixing the Debt Without Breaking America. Joe okay. Firestone. Yeah, but there's a link in my post. Uh, there's a, a bunch of resources at the bottom. But this is mind-blowing, not just because it could end austerity politics. It is it It has been a milestone in my own understanding of how things work. Mm -hmm. It really, it just makes it crystal clear that national debt is a choice. Personal debt is not a choice for us. It really illuminates the true nature of of what it means for the government to spend, which is exactly the conversation that we had last year. I glossed over in our conversation from last year, I glossed over the bond sales, but that's just, I just skipped over that step. What we spoke about was accurate, but the part that kind of links to this conversation, I glossed over by choice in that conversation. But, um, but that I think would be really good background as well. That, that was, that was a lot of fun. Excellent. Well, Jeff, and I really, uh, I, I really appreciate this. This is, um, again, more eye-opening stuff for us to learn. And, uh, I appreciate the referencing of, of, uh, Joe Firestone's book. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the, the whole, the death that uh, the debt is a myth. I mean, this is just, of course, it, it's surprising in the one sense, just for the specifics of it, but it's also not surprising because this is no. sort of what America is. It's just one big no. crooked scam that we've all been tricked into buying into. It's yeah. just like, we're all tricked into playing in this, this rigged casino and, and think that, but it's rigged, shot. but it's rigged because these horrible people make it rigged. Right. The idea does not have to be that way, but yes, those who are in front of the levers of power, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. And what you really should do is own your own slot machine, but they make that really hard to do. So they, nah. uh, <laughs> and I'm going to put this, this, this is the name of the book up there. Uh, here's the book, fixing the debt without breaking America austerity, the trillion dollar coin and ending debt ceiling, um, by Joseph M. Firestone, very long title, but, um, it's check just that fixing book the out. debt without breaking America. That's all it is. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no, he, he has his own show. He talks about this often. I was just actually on uh, last night or two nights ago with him to actually kind of make sure some of this stuff was, was what's correct. What's the name of the show? Uh, he just has a, a live stream show on Facebook. He does it. He speaks for like two hours, like five days a week or something. Not always on this topic, but on kind of related topics. And uh, he's, 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 he's a great guy. Yeah, I've learned a lot from him. I've actually interviewed him five times um, on, on my podcast. And one of those times was to ramp up for our last year conversation because that was another one i was i was really trying to learn at high speed higher speed than i could handle so <laughs> he helped he helped me through it well excellent jeff uh, thank you so much man for your time tell everybody where they can go listen to your podcast and follow you and get more of this information uh, you can become my patron at patreon.com slash activist MMT. You could listen to my podcast, which is on everything uh, on Twitter. It's activist MMT on Facebook. It's activist MMT with, a, you know, spelled out with a space. Um, yeah, please follow, please follow, please become a patron. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching a hundred episodes. Um, actually, I actually would love to interview you kind sir. Uh, you, you have a story to tell. Um, I, I would like to interview Ron. I would like to interview you if you if you would if you would have me. Um, uh, I'd really I'd really like to do that. So uh, yeah, my my podcast is half academic topics and half personal stories of how people discovered MMT and how it changed them. And obviously, you have a story to tell of 
you had a story to tell. And I would, I would love to tell that story. And Ron has one too, which is, you know, it's kind of all your and his, and it's kind of related. You, you know, you're indirectly are the reason that Ron understands is that I'm on his show now. So it's, it's, uh, I love it. Yeah. Whenever you want me on, man, we'll talk, send me an email. We'll, we'll set up a time. Cool. Oh, and I should be seeing you tomorrow night. I am sorry. I'm not seeing you tomorrow night. Ah, oh, God, I know. No, I know this is our tour. We, we would be neck deep in this tour. It was supposed to start uh, October 2nd in um, Tucson, Arizona. And uh, yeah, we would be in Philly and tomorrow night. Yep. Tomorrow yep. night. Yep. Tomorrow um, night. I, so, so this is a, this is a consolation prize. This is a consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the, I would much rather your, uh, I don't remember what you say, but that really funny, you say so like innocuous thing, but you say it in football language. Can you do that? <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. MMT, yeah. Green New yeah. Deal. Great. <laughs> <Right>. Absolutely. <laughs> well, all right, dude. Thanks for for being on the show. We appreciate it. everybody. Go check out Activist MMT. Uh, it's it's great if you want to expand your knowledge on this. So, uh, thanks a lot, Jeff, and and hopefully we'll see you in person at some point. I hope so too. And uh, thank you for having me on. It was really nice talking with you again. And, and thanks for everybody out there. Um, if you have questions, I'll look in the, the chat and I'll see what I can do. Awesome. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. See you later. Jeff Epstein from Activism MT, everybody. Wasn't that? God, it's always great having him on the show. Uh, so knowledgeable um, and really has opened my eyes up to the whole MMT thing and the reality of how our country is run. Of course, it's a corrupt banking. <laughs> It's all a scam. America's a scam, folks. If you just watch this show or Government Secrets, you can just see America is just one giant, one giant scam. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Um, thank you for enjoying the show. Uh, and let me just go over. We have 179 likes. Let's get that up to 200, everybody. And then I will uh, just go through the tips on rockman.com slash grandma what a great way to support the show matt s thank you again shave enough for justice uh hello venetia david for this show is by Rectech. You can find Rectech on SoundCloud and Spotify at W-R-E-C-K underscore T-E-C-H. To record Activist MMT, I use the iOS phone app Tape a Call Plus for recording phone calls and Zencaster for internet-based recordings. My post-production workflow starts by editing on the iOS app AnyTune Pro Plus then transferring those timestamps to my Windows desktop. At that point, I crudely process the audio in Audacity and then implement the edits and do all the final processing in the Reaper digital audio workstation. Activist MMT is hosted by Libsyn and the video teasers are created with the online Headliner app.